You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. pray I'm going to pray again and then lead you in a prayer father I'm praying for your grace of healing to come to every heart every home every family in Jesus name and that you would give me grace to share your word you'd help me to share your word it would be powerful it would be effective it would give life to us who are listening and that you would help us to listen Lord we even need grace to listen in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, if you could put your hands on your hearts with me and just say this along with me uh, with conviction. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen, amen. Well, the Lord is good. Today, the message is entitled, The Grace of Healing, The Grace of Healing, and this is number two in Your Healer, and we're continuing on the subject of healing. So our main text this morning is Isaiah 53, verse 4, Isaiah 53, verse 4, and this is the latest infographic I've been working on, Isaiah uh, 53, 4 through 6. And I'm just going to read the first verse there of this. Uh, it's Isaiah 53, 4a. Yes, the burden of our sicknesses he lifted up, the weight of our soul's sorrows he carried away. This was prophesied over 600 years before Christ came. Isaiah prophesying this before Christ. Yes, the burden of our sicknesses, he lifted up the weight of our soul's sorrows, he carried away. And this is the translation that I've been working on this week and this infographic. The theme this morning is the Father feeds, satisfies, and heals us by His grace. The Father feeds, satisfies, and heals us by His grace. And last week, we were looking at Exodus 15, 22 through 26. This is uh, just Exodus 15, 26 up on the screen. But let me introduce this to you uh, again and cause us to remember the, uh, the last week and what we were talking about. Exodus 15, 22 to 26 tells how Yahweh revealed himself as his people's healer and restorer. And he did it by bringing Israel through a tough time. So when we're going through tough times, we need to remember that these are opportunities for God to reveal himself to us and to make, his known, make himself known to us and do miracles. Like Daniel was saying, this is for him to show himself as the God over the impossible, the God who does the impossible, and the God who makes a way where there's no way, as we were singing about. Well, the Israelites went three days searching for water. They just had been delivered from Egypt, and they went through the Red Sea, and now they're in the, the wilderness. They've just been rejoicing and singing and celebrating the song of Moses, and now, as their journey starts off, they go three days without water. There's no water to be found. Uh, this week, our family 
went without hot water for a few days. And there's, a, there's people doing it a lot tougher than that in Brisbane and the Ukraine at the moment. But that was even a little bit of no hot water for a few days was uh, difficult. It was tough. And, but I was starting to enjoy taking cold showers, the challenge of it. Uh, but the hot water got fixed. Hallelujah. But a very, a greater challenge than that is no water at all. No water at all. And this is what Israel went through. No water at all. And then when they finally, when they finally, when they finally found water, it ended up being bitter. The water ended up being bitter, polluted. They weren't able to drink the water. So the people complained. Uh, they complained to Moses, and Moses cried out to God. And the solution was discovered when God showed Moses a tree, and when he threw that tree in the water, the water was restored and became drinkable. And we'll, uh, I'd like to turn there, Exodus I have the one verse here, uh, but I want to read to you the story in Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. And it says here, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Morah, they could not drink the waters of Morab, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Morah. And some, some of you who have studied in the Bible school would know that more or ma is that root there means bitter. So they called this place Morah. It's like a, a bitter place. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him. The Lord opened up his eyes. The Lord, Lord pointed, so to speak, to a tree. And he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. And that's where then we come to Exodus 15, 26, this infographic that I showed you last week. And he said, if you actively listen to the voice of Yahweh, your God, if you do what's right in his eyes, Give ear to his commands and watch over his written word. Then I will not set on you all the sicknesses that I placed on the Egyptians. Why? Because I am Yahweh Rofecha, the Lord, your restorer. I am the one who heals you, making you whole. And here we see Adonai Rofecha. Rofecha is meaning your healer. So Yahweh Rofecha. Uh, meaning the Lord, your healer. We know that that root, Rafaz, we learned last week, means restore. So we're talking about restoration of our mind, our emotions, our will, our desires, as well as our body. God's healing embraces everything. It embraces our community, our city, our nation, and ultimately, in the end, when Jesus returns, the whole entire world. And we're here being a witness of that fact as God's people. Uh, so today, I want us to continue to focus on Yahweh, who is our restorer, your restorer, your healer. And I want to show you what the Lord has taught me over the years uh, through my own health battles with Crohn's disease. So for me, this is not a theory I need to feed on the Father's grace of healing every day. And so these are the, some of the things that the Lord has taught me over the years and especially has been highlighting to me this last week and two with our battles with COVID and thank God we're coming out the uh, end of that. Oh, hey, I had this. I should have remembered. <laughs> I had this up uh, here this is what we just read from. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. And, uh, and then I want to just read again. Then he cried out to the Lord, going to the bottom here. Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. 
and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statue and a regulation, and there he tested them. Some of the modern translations will say a branch, uh, which is acceptable, but the Hebrew word is etz, which is tree. And this is important because it has prophetic meaning, as many of you will uh, realize and know or come to know very soon. So the first point, the first point for today is that healing flows from God's grace, not our works. Healing flows from God's grace, not our works. There's a classic biblical verse that says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And since healing is a part of God's saving work, we can also say, for by grace you are healed through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not the product of your works so that you don't boast about it. That's my paraphrase there. And when we look at the ministry of Jesus, uh, we look at Jesus' ministry of healing, we see that it is all based on grace. Healing is based on grace. It's not based on our works. Uh, it's not something we can boast about. It's his grace. So let's turn over to Matthew 8, 6, uh, 16 and 17. And we're going to be reading portions of Matthew chapter 8. So Matthew, this is, there's a whole series, a whole uh, series of scenes of Jesus healing right after the Sermon on the Mount. And this series has its a summit in these words in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. It says here, when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were ill. He healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. And this is the verse that we started off, which I did a fresh translation of. Uh, again, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. We see that Jesus' healing is all based on grace. And we're going to read some of these uh, stories here in Matthew 8. Jesus is not going up to the people and saying, are you worthy to receive this healing? Are you living a sinless life? What work have you done to deserve it? Please hand me in your resume to see if you deserve this healing. No, he's not doing that. There's actually very little words exchanged between Jesus and the person that he's healing. Sometimes we read of no words. And we see it's Jesus, just out of Jesus' love, his compassion, who he is, Jesus embodies the grace of Yahweh. Jesus embodies the grace of his Father. And that's what his healing ministry was. It was sheer grace to people. And we'll look at, we looked at this last week. We'll read this part, uh, Matthew 8, 1. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that no one, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and the and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So we see here Jesus is willing, 
uh, he's responding to the leper's faith and his desire to be healed. Jesus is more than willing. Jesus even touches the leper, and that is something that would be a, a no-go zone. You don't want to touch a leper because it can, you can uh, catch the leprosy, but Jesus touches the leper. As we go on, we read in verse 5, And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. So here the uh, centurion is interceding for his servant. And Jesus says, I will come to heal him. Of course, this is a uh, classic story. I think many of us would know it. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say, just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one go and he goes and to another come and he comes. And to my slave do this and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And at the, when we get to verse 13, it says, And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Then we come to the story of uh, Peter's mother-in-law, Peter, Peter the disciple. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and waited on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and he healed all who were ill. And then we hear again what we started off with, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. So in all of this, we see that Jesus embodies grace. Jesus was and still is God's living embodiment of grace. And he walked around helping people in need. And he didn't ask for a resume of good works before acting. We see that in the story of the leper, Jesus is willing to heal. In the story of the centurion, we see that Jesus' healing is based on his authority and word. He doesn't even have to go to the place and lay hands on the person. The centurion recognizes the authority Jesus has, and the centurion recognizes the power of his word. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And that's what happens. Jesus doesn't even need to be physically present. Uh, in the story of Peter's mother-in-law, we hear no words exchanged. Rather, Jesus touches her, and she's restored and starts serving. And in the story of Saturday evening, after the Sabbath of Saturday, Jesus heals all who are ill, all who are sick. And this all is a fulfillment of Isaiah 53, 4. He himself took up our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Again, the healing is all flowing from God's grace, not our works. And we read this before. He cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill. This is Matthew 8, 16 through 17. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. When your pastor says to turn to your neighbor, but your neighbor has turned to their <laughs> other neighbor. <laughs> or how about when your pastor tells you to turn to your neighbor, but it's online church and there's no neighbor to turn to. So, anyway, turn to your neighbor and say, it's Jesus' grace that heals you. It's Jesus' grace that heals you. It, it, that's true. It's Jesus' grace that, that heals. 
That's going to be a second point. Going back here. In all these stories, God is keeping his word. Jesus himself is healing. He is our restorer. And it's not based on us, but on him. It's not based on us, our works, but on him. And in all these stories, Jesus is responding to people's faith in him. But I need to explain that some more because the modern church has confused what faith is. And we've made faith into something that is all about us and something that is like, it's, it's our work. It's, it's how hard our faith is. Remember when Jesus taught about faith, it just has to be as small as a mustard seed and we can move mountains. The faith is not about us or even the strength of our belief. Uh, but the, Jesus is responding to their faith. The faith has to do with him. It's getting our eyes off ourselves, our own sickness, and our own problems, and getting it onto him and seeing him as the healer. So we stop being self-absorbed, and now we are jesus Centered, Jesus focused. That's what faith is. It's, it's our trust in what He can do. It's our trust in what He can do. And this is always important for all these uh, stories. Their trust expresses, uh, their trust, sorry, their trust is expressed in their hunger, prayer, and drawing near. So the, the leper is saying here, uh, if you are willing, so there's this, this prayer, this hunger, if you are willing, you can heal me. Of course, Jesus is revealing, I am willing. So his faith may be a little bit shaky. It's not perfect, you know, but it's there. And Jesus meets him, I am willing. Remember, when we're talking about healing, it needs to be all about Jesus and less about us and, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. I don't have enough faith. That's not a good way to think. It needs to be all about him. He is the healer. He is the restorer. Restorer. It's all revolved around him. Well, with the centurion, he, the centurion is an example of great faith. And what, he, what he's believing is that it's Jesus who has the authority. It's Jesus' word that has the power to heal. It's the same today. And that's why my prayer is as we're here engaged this morning, that as we hear the word about Jesus, about his healing, about his grace, that that grace would be manifested in everyone's life listening to this right now. And if you're listening to this at a later time, so in saying that they trusted in Jesus, we have to be very careful that we don't bring in our modern concept of faith or uh, bad teachings regarding faith. Their trust was not self-focused. It wasn't self-absorbed spirituality. Their trust and their faith shifted their focus off of themselves and their work and on to Jesus and his work. And I heard uh, Fran uh, pray this last week. I believe it was last week. And it's something that I've taught in the Bible school. One of the great beauties of the good news of the new covenant is God puts his own faith in our hearts. That is, Jesus' own faith comes to live within us so that we are not operating based on our faith, but his faith, even the faith is a gift of God. Yes. So that God's salvation is he's giving us himself. And as he's giving us himself, the father is giving us the trust he has in his son. And the son is giving us the trust he has in his father. And the Holy Spirit is that spirit of faith that the father has in the son and the son has in the father. And this is a correct the theological way to think about faith, but it also is not just a theological head knowledge. This is freeing. This is liberating. <laughs> it's his seed of faith that he puts into us that even the faith is that gift. And so God gets all the glory. It's not, oh, you know, I had such great faith, so I'm healed. Uh, 
I had uh, my, I ate so healthy that I'm healed. Um, we shouldn't think like that as, as Christians. We should always be giving the glory to the Lord because he deserves, he deserves all the glory. So in other words, we're not earning our healing through faith. We are not earning our healing through faith. None of these people were earning their healing through faith. They were not earning their healing through faith. Instead, the healer, Jesus, was present and was the present to them. And they were receiving the gifts. And they were receiving the gifts of his healing by faith. And so Siri reminds me, I need to repeat that one. <laughs> Something I said triggered, triggered uh, my watch. Instead, the healer Jesus was present, and he was the present. And they were receiving the gifts of his healing by faith. Paul talks about healing. Uh, he talks about the gifts of healing. So what I want to establish here is that it is a gift. It is from grace. And this brings us to our second point. Our second point. Healing springs from the grace of of the cross. Healing springs from the grace of the cross. So we were reading Exodus 15, 22 before, and we discovered the water God healed or the water that God restored uh, then uh, he made, when he restored it, he made the bitter water sweet. So we discover that, uh, let me say this more properly. We, we discover that God heals the water. And we'll go back, we'll go back there. Here is these verses from Exodus 15, 20 through 25. And they're in a tough situation. God wants to reveal himself. I believe that for today, for all of us. And we, they didn't know what they would to drink. Then he cried out to the Lord, Moses, and the Lord showed him a tree. The Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. So Yahweh showed Moses a tree. And when Moses threw the tree in the water, the tree made the bitter water sweet. Or we can say it purified the polluted waters. Jesus and his cross are the tree. The cross is the tree. This, that, that the tree there is symbolic. It happened much before the cross, but God had his plan before all time, and he's revealing it to Israel even before it happens. The cross is the tree, and when the cross is applied and the grace of the cross and the work of the cross is applied into whatever bitter waters are in our life. Whatever is bitter in our life, it heals them. The cross is the ultimate source of healing, and it's pictured here in this story. I mentioned it in Bible school many weeks ago when we were teaching on myrrh, because myrrh means bitter or strong or fierce and there's something about the spice of myrrh which reminds us of God making the bitter things sweet. Making the bitter things sweet. When you receive the work of the cross into your bitter waters, they become sweet. And this is, again, what Matthew is saying. It's all a fulfillment of when Jesus is healing the sick. It's all a fulfillment that Jesus carried away our sicknesses and infirmities. And how did he do that? He did it through the cross. So all of our healing, body, soul, and spirit, is based on Christ's work on the cross. All of it. And so it's not based on our work. It's based on his work. So now let's listen to Isaiah 53, 4 through 6 again. Again, the, the whole point here is that healing springs from the grace of the cross. And this is the, the latest infographic that I've been working on. I'll put it on, it's not online yet, but I'll put it on brisbanefire.com slash infographics. 
so you can see it. And so let me read this to you. Yes, the burden of our sicknesses he lifted up. The weight of our soul's sorrows he carried away. We even arranged to afflict him. We devised for God to strike him dead like a wretch. Yet he was struck down for our crimes, crushed like powder for our sins. The discipline for our shalom, our genuine peace and wholeness, fell on him. It's by his wounds we are healed, restored, and made whole. All of us, like a flock, wandered away. Each turned from his way. Yet Yahweh moved him to intercede for the sins of us all. So here we're reminded, this prophecy of Jesus and what he's done, here we're reminded of the intercessory work of Jesus on the cross, his substitutionary, substitutionary atonement, his vicarious death. And again, I want to read that uh, portion that says, yet he was struck down for our crimes, crushed like powder for our sins, the discipline for our shalom, our genuine peace and wholeness, fell on him. It's by his wounds we are healed, restored, and made whole. It's by his wounds, the wounds on the cross, that we are healed, restored, and made whole. And you can see there's a picture there in the right-hand corner of the infographic of a man carrying a big burden. This is what the Lord was doing when he took up the cross. And when he died on the cross, he was taking the burden of our sickness upon himself. He was taking that burden off of our shoulders and taking it and crucifying it and putting it to death. So he was carrying the burden of our sicknesses, our ills, our lack, our pain, our sorrow. He was carrying that away from us onto the cross so that we would not have to carry it. So the Lord does not want us to be carrying the weight and the burden of our sicknesses and sorrows. We need to recognize what he did on the cross and place those burdens at his feet realize that he's already carried them away and put them to death. And that's where it belongs. It belongs on the cross. Hallelujah. The hell, interestingly, move here. Oh, I'll get to that. Um, today, today the health movement is very popular. And the health movement, movement that's very popular today with regards to health, healthy eating, all these things, they have some good things to share, except the problem is the focus. The focus is all on yourself. With this health movement, movement today, the focus is all on yourself. And with my uh, battles with Crohn's disease, uh, much of the conventional wisdom, for those who know about this thing, much of the conventional wisdom does not work. It actually makes you worse uh, rather than better. Uh, and I think when someone's really, really sick, uh, it's, there, there's not, it's not like they can go out and do all this running and exercise. Uh, there are certain things that they can do, like drinking uh, water if they can. But I was even a in a place in my life when I was a teenager, I couldn't even drink water. That water would affect me. And there's people that get so sick that all the conventional things, all the things that people recommend, everything that people send you, and all the recipes and this and that, Thank God it, it's coming out of a caring, loving heart that people do these things. But there is a place that many people can get to in their sickness that none of these things work. It is only Jesus. It is only his grace. It is only his mercy. Now, getting back to the health movement, 
basically what it's saying is you have to do all these things to be healthy and healed. But the focus is on yourself, your works, what you have to do. Now, again, there can be many good things that, you know, I try to take walks, do exercise. Um, there, there could be many good things that you can learn from the health movement, but there are also lots of hoops you have to jump through and advice you need to take. And this can become a great burden on somebody who is sick. It can become a great burden, a great wealth, uh, sorry, a great burden. Uh, it, it can become very heavy. Uh, also, it can leave a lot of guilt and condemnation. And so what, again, what we're focusing on is it's the cross. It is the cross that is the answer. It's the cross that's the, the solution. The world does not receive the cross because, again, the boast is not in themselves or their doctors, so they're not going to celebrate the cross. But we as God, God's people know better. It's the cross. It's the cross where God did the work. It's the cross where Jesus pulled down the strongholds of sickness and disease. So people condemn you if you're not eating the right foods and practicing the latest exercise and diet trends. Uh, and if they don't say anything, sometimes you get a sense that they're looking down on you. But this whole self-focus and self-work uh, can tend to seep into our beliefs, uh, into our beliefs about Jesus, about God, and about spiritual healing. And we have to watch out that, that the thinking of the world doesn't seep into our uh, thinking about spiritual healing. That being said, I also need to say that God does use doctors, God does use food, God does use medicine, uh, but let us give him all the glory for all the natural things he uses. And I said this last week, we believe that Jesus is our living water, right? But does it mean that we don't drink water, right? We believe that Jesus is our bread of life. It doesn't mean that we don't eat physical food and bread. We believe that Jesus is our healer. It doesn't mean that you can't use medicine. But if you do use medicine, always be looking, always be looking to the Lord as the ultimate source of your healing. Just like you would, you would say grace. You know, you say grace, thank you for this food. Uh, we see it as coming from him. So we see every good thing as coming from him. The cross teaches us that healing is not our work, it's Jesus' work. So again, I want to get the burden of our work, our efforts, off of ourselves and onto Jesus. Jesus lifted up and carried away our sicknesses and sorrows. And even though we crucified him, we put him to death, he was crushed like powder for our sins. And it's by his wounds we are healed, restored, and made whole. Or we could say it's by his blood. That's why we celebrate the blood. And this healing, it engages and it affects our, our mind, our emotions. There's, there's nobody on earth that doesn't need to be healed in some way. Everybody has, if you talk to people, talk to them long enough, everybody has something. They have something. We all need the grace of healing and it's by his wounds we are healed, restored, and made whole. On the cross, as we read before, Jesus interceded for our forgiveness and restoration. Jesus interceded for our forgiveness and restoration. And so we see that in Isaiah 53 as well as other scriptures. Now always, here's a picture. I think this is very profound. You have the father giving pieces of himself to his son. You have a father giving pieces of himself to his son. And this could be, you could put mother, daughter here. You could put, uh, you know, mother, son here. You can put pastor and their congregation here or genuine leader and those who are being led. It's here in this picture, we see the sacrificial nature of the father. And... 
I want to say, always be kind. Always honor your fathers and mothers because fathers and mothers are doing this all the time. And always honor pastors and spiritual leaders because they are doing this all the time. They're giving themselves. They're giving themselves. Now, the good thing, and this picture can't illustrate everything, but the good thing is when you come before God's presence, well, the Lord renews the Father, the giver, and, and fills in those those holes, those gaps, so that he can give himself some more to his son. But again, always honor those who are giving and be mature into someone who is a giver, who's giving. This is the intercessory nature of the cross, too, that the son of God is giving himself for us. He is the wounds. He is being pierced. Holes are being made, slashes on his back, all these wounds, but it's for our healing. So he's giving, the giving nature of the Father, the giving nature of his Son, Jesus, is to us. It's all for a purpose so that we, like Peter's mother-in-law, after we're healed, get up and we serve and we help others. And so whatever strength we have, whatever strength God gives us, let it be in service to God, in service to others, and let us follow in Christ's footsteps. Let's not become self-absorbed and I'm healed, I'm healed, so I can live a, the, good, the good life, <laughs> quote unquote. But I am healed so that I can serve, so that I can give myself. So the last point is healing happens through the grace of God's word. Healing happens through the grace of God's word. And when we go back, let's see, oh, there. when we go back here to this, notice how this one starts off. This is the end of the story of Moses and the tree and the water. And he said, if you actively listen to the voice of Yahweh, your God. Why is this so important, actively listening? actively listening why is this so important and it's something that we will talk about god willing in weeks to come the reason why this is so important is because god's word is grace and we need a fundamental shift in our thinking about god's word not that god's word is something you know you got to work so hard to understand it's something that we receive and there is a, a work but the work is by grace to understand it and dig into it uh but the healing comes from God's word. God's word is life. God's word is creative. God's word restores. And that's why we focused a lot last semester at Bible school on everything came into being through God's word, the Vayomer Elohim. And God said, and the light came into being because God said it. And healing comes to us as we get into the word of God. And so with my own struggles with Crohn's disease, I kept on listening to the word of God. And there's something that I did that I see Caleb doing is I kept on going to pastors and friends and getting them. This is when I had this attack when I was 21 years old. And I kept on getting them to lay hands on me and pray for me always over and over. So I kept on speaking the word, listening to the word, um, receiving God's grace, getting people to pray for me. And then one day, it was like all the pain had left and I didn't even realize it. I was like, oh, I'm pain-free. And I didn't even realize that it happened until probably a week later. And it was like, wow, God, you did a great work. And then what I had to learn in the years to come, and it was only many, many years uh, later, where I had another one of these tacks about uh, 20 years later or so and then I had to realize that healing isn't just a one-time instant thing that we need to abide in Christ our healer continually so we need his healing and rest restoration continually and why because our bodies are deteriorating uh, our flesh is dying Paul calls it the body of death and so we need God's continual life and renewal 
All of this here springing out of the Lord's voice. If you actively listen to the voice of Yahweh your God, if you do what's right in his eyes, give ear to his commands and watch over his written word, then I will not set on you all the sicknesses that I placed on the Egyptians. Why? Because I am Yahweh Rofecha, the Lord your restorer. I am the one who heals you, making you whole. So when it comes to scripture, we often think about how we need to work hard to please God. But we don't need to work hard to please God. What God is looking for is his work that comes from his word in our life. It's his work in us that pleases him. We don't work for grace. We work out of grace. And I believe Daniel Hang. And Diane have emphasized this often among us. We don't work for grace. We work out of grace. Everything springs out of grace. Healing happens through the grace of God's word. When God is giving us his word, he's giving us his grace. So what the father wants from us is to receive his word by grace. God's word is living and active. Its words bring health and healing. God's word is grace. It is his grace. And God's living voice is creative and restores us. Proverbs 16.24, this is another one. We're coming to a close very soon. Proverbs 16.24, this is another one that I've been translating this week. A honeycomb overflowing are kind, gracious, and pleasant words. They're sweet to the soul and heal the body even strengthening the bones. I'll read that one more time. A honeycomb overflowing are kind, gracious, and pleasant words. They're sweet to the soul and heal the body, even strengthening the bones. So in the new covenant, our healing is based on Jesus' obedience. The ultimate obedience was that death on the cross. Is the ultimate fulfillment of the word of God is that death on the cross. And in the new covenant, our healing is based on Jesus' obedience. He kept the if of actively listening to the voice of God. He kept the if of keeping God's word and doing what was right in his eyes and watching over all the written word. He kept the if that's in Exodus 15, 26, so that we can all receive the then of Yahweh's healing. I'll show, show this to you again here. Oh, where, where, oh, going here. And he said, if you actively listen to the voice of Yahweh, your God, this is what Jesus kept perfectly. If you do what's right in his eyes, give ear to his commands and watch over his written word. Jesus did this Perfectly, perfect obedience for our sake so that we could receive the then and not be under the curse of not of breaking the law so that we could receive the then. Then I will not set on you all the sicknesses that I placed on the Egyptians. So Jesus did the if so that we can receive the then. He was perfectly obedient for our sake taking up the cross. And so our healing is based on Christ, what he has done. Our healing is based on the Messiah, what he has done. And we receive the benefits. We receive all the benefits of his perfect, pure obedience of listening to the Father 100%. Now here we have to also be reminded that it doesn't mean our obedience is not important. Our, our obedience is important, but our obedience is based on being in Christ. It means that we obey in Christ's grace, not to earn Christ's grace. We, we are in him and his obedience empowers our obedience because he is in us and we are in him. So this is bringing me to the end. Healing happens through the grace of God's word. And <laughs> this, that's an old photo. You have a, a butterfly showing. Uh, I can't only show your synced photo. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, Siri. <laughs> That's an old photo. Here we have a butterfly showing a police officer his license, and on the license is a, is a photo of a caterpillar. Uh, that's an old photo. It, all of us should be being transformed by the word of God. There's humor here, but there's also the reality. We should be transformed by the Lord. So let me sum up this message, and then we'll pray. First, healing flows from God's grace, not our works. Second, at the heart of everything, healing springs from the work of the cross, where Jesus was perfectly obedient. And last, healing happens through the grace of God's word. Because when God gives his word, he's giving himself, he's giving who he is. He is the word. Healing happens through the grace of God's word, which is living, active, and creative. It, the, I was blessed that Joy from Bible school, when I was sick, she sent me all these scriptures on healing, which reminded me of these things. And I, at that time, with COVID, I could hardly concentrate for the first few days. And I think some of you have been there. And so one of the things I remembered is, hey, I had the Bible app and I could just press play and the Bible is being read to me. So you can do those things where if you don't have, if you're so weak, maybe someone else is reading the word to you or you press on an app and you have the Bible being read to you or you're putting yourself in that environment of worship, that is healing. It's restorative because it is God's word. Amen. And that is the end there. Let me pray. Let me pray. Thank you, Donna. I can see you guys again. <laughs> the, otherwise, it's by faith. Father, I'm praying for each one of us here that we would be healed by your work and your grace, that our minds would be transformed and realizing it's by your grace, not by our works, that grace is your work. It's what you did on the cross. So out of, the, out of that tree that made the bitter waters sweet, Lord, let the power of the grace of the ultimate tree, Jesus Christ's crucifixion on the cross, Lord, let there be healing for our congregation. Let there be life. Let the burden of sickness be lifted off uh, where hearts need to be healed, where minds need to be restored, where we're fearful. Lord, bring in your healing, restoring power. We receive you, Jesus, as our healer. We confess that you are our healer. You are Adonai Rofecha. You are the Lord who heals us. And we love you, Lord. We love your grace. We love your mercy. We love what you have done. And, um, and we know that you're willing. And even though we're not in person together, just speak the word and your servants will be healed. Just speak the word as you have been doing. And let us really honor the word and take it into us. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the praise. We believe for signs, wonders, and miracles and for the strengthening of your body and that we would also go forth and heal the sick and minister restoration in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I think I'm going to invite up Anna again. But if anybody has something...